0: Uh today we have another solo episode. <laughs> uh I'm not going to modify the intro because eventually this will be a uh, very guest centered podcast, but um, I appreciate you all sticking with me throughout uh the past couple months where we haven't had uh, too many guests. Uh I know it'll it'll get better in the future um as I shift priorities and uh am able to refocus on the podcast uh throughout my week, but um I think these solo episodes are going pretty well and it allows me to kind of talk and think about things that i'd like to talk and think about so uh today i told you um i want to say it was uh this week's one flesh episode that we would be talking a little bit about uh the truth there was something in there where i mentioned that you know for me and my family and all that stuff uh i make a point not to apologize for the truth and i talked about being a good steward of the truth and that you don't apologize for things that are true And uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So um, I just want to preface with this is something that um, I was very wrong about or at the very least on the wrong side of uh, for a lot of years. Uh, This is a topic that uh, I did not do well for many years and only recently have I kind of embraced a new outlook and I'm going to share that outlook and that viewpoint, uh, that mindset with you today so i'm not coming from a place of i've done this perfectly forever i'm coming from a place of i learned this the hard way uh by almost losing friends having odd altercations uh you know uh embarrassing moment type of things uh things that um, i'll never forget uh and having to learn the hard way so uh that's why i'm presenting this information because because I think it's really important and I think that uh, it's something that will benefit you all just like it's benefited me to to learn uh, to do differently so um, one second so what I'm talking about is is being a good steward of the truth so uh, occasionally I don't know what I'm going to name this episode yet because I haven't named it but uh, sometimes I like to do an episode called I Was Wrong, where I go over things that I was wrong about, but I feel like that t- kind of takes the attention away from the topic at hand, especially for this one. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is something that I've learned the hard way. This is something that, <laughs> uh, has torn down relationships with me and maybe some that uh, I'll never get back, some that will never be the same. But, uh, what I'm talking about is uh, being blunt or, um, saying what you saying what you think without caring what others think i don't i don't care what others others think about what i say or i'm going to tell you how it is that kind of mentality um a lot of people view that as being straightforward or being real or being truthful or being honest and in a lot of ways it is uh but it can damage relationships pretty heavily so uh, one of the first concepts that I resisted very hard is that it, it truly does matter what other people think about what you say. It does. And it doesn't in the context that a lot of people think it does. So a lot of people think that um, for the sake of being nice or for the sake of being kind, that everything that you say must not offend somebody. That is false. Uh, that is that is 100% false. Um, What you say uh, does not have to uh, please other people for the sake of being kind. That is that is not correct. And and I would say that um, my opinions on the matter years ago were that uh, were were in line with this. That I don't care about being nice or being kind. Uh, what I care about is saying what I really think, what I really feel, and saying what I think to be the truth. And the opposite of that. Uh, which I was, it was more of a reaction to the opposite than it was an affirmation of my beliefs. But the opposite of that is no, you must be kind. You must be nice. Um, You must uh, hide the truth or not even hide the truth, but we're just not going to say the truth if it's going to offend somebody because that's not nice. That is also the wrong view. You should not be focused on being nice and kind uh, when you speak. That's, that's to me, that is not the focus. That is not the primary Concern when you say something or when you express an opinion or a belief. Uh, to me, that is not the primary concern. It's on the list, but nowhere close to the top. So I don't think this is a new, I don't think what I'm saying is going to be a new mode of thought or a new mindset. I'm not rewriting any books. I can't tell you where to find this in a book other than maybe Jocko, uh, but he doesn't really phrase it like this. So I'm not saying anything that I'm saying is new, but I am saying that most people are on either side. Of this uh of this topic either they're extremely blunt extremely honest or they avoid the truth for the sake of being nice and kind R- very rarely do I meet somebody that really splits the middle um and I think that's kind of where we need to be and it's not necessarily even splitting the middle it's just understanding both sides of an interaction uh and and having firm guidelines uh, for either side of that interaction so let me create an example for you let's let's create one that's not too close to to real life so that we don't offend anybody (laughs) um let's say that uh here we'll do this because this is funny you're trying to teach your wife how to cook so uh this this is the example you're trying to teach your wife how to cook and uh your wife cooks a meal and it's not great, or there's something about it that needs to be changed that could be better. Well, what is the goal here? The goal is to teach your wife how to cook. The goal is not to be nice to your wife. It's not necessarily the time to just be nice and kind to your wife. That's You should do that. You should be nice, but that's not necessarily the goal. The goal is for her to learn how to cook. Well, if she's done something wrong, or if something is not correct, uh, then you need to correct that. Fairly simple. If you know that it only called for a third of a stick of butter and she put a half in, we need to correct that because for the rest of her cooking career, she's going to make that recipe incorrectly. Or um, maybe she's not going to check the recipe or whatever it might be. Uh, But if the goal is for her to learn how to cook and learn how to cook well, then you need to correct that uh if the goal is for her to cook you a nice meal let's say this is a gift meal let's say that you've had a really hard day and your wife didn't say hey will you teach me how to cook she said you've had a really hard day i'm going to go cook for you despite not necessarily knowing how to cook i'm going to do my best not wanting to cook or uh, maybe it's not her main role to cook she says i'm going to go and cook for you the terms change so that's one thing i want to highlight is the terms of the interaction matter. They really do. What is the goal of this interaction? Is is the goal of an interaction just to build a relationship or is it to achieve some sort of strategic purpose, um, some sort of strategic goal? Learning how to cook versus receiving a gift of cooking. Two completely different goals, uh, two completely different situations. And we need to modify the way that we interact with this person accordingly fairly simple stuff it's fairly obvious but um if your wife is trying to learn how to cook and she messes something up uh and you know this uh you have now discovered the truth you now hold the truth maybe she doesn't know it yet maybe she hasn't caught it maybe she's ignoring it maybe she's doing it on purpose nobody knows but regardless you know the truth you know that it was supposed to be one third of a cup she put a half a cup of butter in it uh you now in in my way of thinking you now become a steward of the truth so let's look up what the word steward means and hopes hope that i'm using it correctly let's see steward definition Uh, one who manages another's property finances or other affairs one who is in charge of the household or affairs, so it says one who manages another's property, finances, or other affairs. You could, when I say steward of the truth, I, I like how it says another's property. Um, obviously in a religious context, you could use truth as like this is the Lord's truth, which uh kind of sounds silly when you're talking about a third of a cup of butter, but that's really what it is. Um, and I guess it's important to know that you don't really own the truth. The truth is just the truth, uh, and so that's why I like the word of steward of I'm a steward of the truth it's not necessarily my truth it's not your truth it's the truth and when I discover it when I when I see it when I see it for what it is I'm just a steward of that truth it's not necessarily my truth I don't own the truth I just see the truth and so how I choose to uh, disseminate that truth to other people is what I'm talking about and so being a good steward of the truth you would use this in like being a good steward of the land. The idea is that it's not your land, it's God's land, or um, it's y- your employer's land. You're going to be a good steward of the land, which means that it's not yours, um, but you're going to take good care of it almost as if it was. Or uh, you're going to take good care of it uh, under the the pretext of the golden rule, treat others how you might want to be treated or something like that. Um, we're going to be good stewards of the truth. So in the past... Let's say my wife, uh, my wife used a half a cup of butter instead of a third. I would just simply like, hey, you used a half a cup of butter. And if we're joking around, I can be a little bit more harsh. If we're not, depends on the context. Everything, everything is contextual, but uh, regardless how I deliver that truth would have been probably a lot more harsh of, uh, hey, you used a half a cup of butter not a third of a cup of butter and just kind of confront her with that because the truth needs to be told and it doesn't matter how she receives it. That was my past. That was my past mentality. And as you can imagine, it's not very favored uh, from the people that are sometimes receiving the truth. Sometimes it is. Sometimes people would rather be told like that. Uh, Sometimes people don't really want to be told like that, but they would, they at least know that you're not lying to them. And uh, that's kind of a, it's a decent but a rocky place to build a friendship or a relationship on uh, as well. At least I know he's not lying. It's not even that they really like you or anything like that. It's just they know that when you when you say something, they know that you're probably not lying about it. So they can at least be okay with that. But um, it's, hey, you used a half a cup of butter, not a third of a cup of butter. Um, just delivering it. And that's not always great if she has been struggling that day or let's say that the cook let's say that she's done four or five different things wrong during this cook and you're just delivering hard truth after hard truth that's going to get demoralizing eventually uh it's going to get demoralizing and so again let's think about the objective learning how to cook well if you want her to learn how to cook that means that obviously a goal the reason that you want her to learn how to cook is so that she'll cook again well if every time she cooks you're delivering hard truths over and over and over again and there's really no grace or um if she can't do anything right she's not going to cook again if it's an unpleasant experience she's not going to cook again so uh in my eyes the way that i'm viewing this and i know this is maybe a little bit hard to follow but in my eyes if you are delivering the truth in a way that makes it ineffective you are no longer a good steward of the truth if that one third or that half cup of butter is moving her an inch closer to not cooking ever again like let's say let's say it moves you moves you back we're on a football field uh and she's on the 50 yard line to learning how to cook effectively and you deliver the truth of her messing up the butter in a way that moves her back a yard um that's not good that's not good we want progress we don't want regression especially in your relationship and in your friendships. We want progress. We don't want regression because the goal is to get to the end zone. Now that truth may help her get to the end zone, that one third cup of butter. If it's absolutely vital, um, let's say that obviously this isn't real life, but let's say that she's never learned how to read the measuring cups for some reason. I don't know why, but um, that's pretty vital that she knows that, hey, that's one third cup and that's one half cup. Um, Or here's a good one. Let's say that she doesn't know that the difference between table, p- tablespoon and teaspoon. Now my wife does. This is not a real life scenario, but that's that's even easier to mess up. I mean, one third is pretty simple, but tablespoon and teaspoon. A lot of people don't understand that. Like the the capital T is tablespoon, the lowercase t s p is teaspoon. Let's say that she doesn't know and she puts a tablespoon of cumin uh, in your dish. <laughs> it's supposed to have a teaspoon. That's a pretty big mess up, and she will ruin a lot of recipes in the future. So maybe that needs to be delivered uh very specifically. Well, you still don't come in and say, hey, uh, that's a teaspoon, not a tablespoon. Again, if it's going to move her back, you don't do that. You can deliver that truth in ways that still move you forward. So again, there are two sides when, when you're talking to somebody else, there are always two sides of their of this interaction. There's the truth that you need to deliver, and then there's the way that it's recepted. You're you have the truth in your hand. Um that is that is your side of of the Of the interaction of this is the truth and how you hold it okay and then you have to give it to somebody else that is the second side of the interaction is how they grab it and receive it um if you don't give the truth in an acceptable manner they may just slap it out of your hand and turn away and that's my point here is that um the way we deliver the truth and the way that we interact with other people (laughs) needs to honor the truth in an acceptable fashion so uh there are many ways to do this again in our example and i'll move off of this example because it's a little convoluted and too simple but in our example maybe we say hey how much cumin did you put in there and she says one tea and you say or you know she says one tablespoon and you go tablespoon oh okay she goes what oh i, I thought it was a teaspoon she goes oh what's the difference oh, well, this side of the spoon has a tablespoon, this side of the spoon has a teaspoon. Oh, okay, well, this says TSP. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a teaspoon. She goes, oh, no, I put a tablespoon in there. Um, Very effective way to deliver the truth. You didn't say, hey, you did this wrong. You didn't come in and say, I saw you do this. Um, I know the truth. You don't know the truth. And kind of slap her across the face with it. It's more inquisitive. She's... Kind of helping you figure out what the problem is. Um or uh better yet, you maybe you stop it before it's all done and you say, Hey, why don't you why don't you taste that? Um, or you taste it and she tastes it and she goes, Oh, it's a little weird. What do you think I did? And you go, Oh, well, it, it tastes like it has just a little bit too much cumin in it. What is what does the recipe call for? And you work through it that way. These are just examples of how you can deliver the truth without moving yourself back. Um this is something that I did not grasp. And it's important uh, to move forward with that truth. And again, the, the concept that I have in my mind is that this this little kernel of truth that she used a third of a cup of butter versus a half or a tablespoon versus a teaspoon of cumin, this little kernel of truth, these little kernels of truth uh, build up the reality around us. And they're very, very important. I know this sounds silly, but it's it's very important. Again, I just described to you how incredibly important it is the difference between a teaspoon and a tablespoon is to your wife's ability to cook. Um, Again, if she messes that up, it's very, very bad. Um, In all sorts of scenarios, if you do a tablespoon versus a teaspoon, it could end up very poorly (laughs) in in almost every recipe, Um, especially if it's like two teaspoons versus two tablespoons. Um, These little kernels of truth, and it may not just be that simple. It may be, hey, you just paid twice the amount for this uh than you could have over here. It may be, hey, uh, that house is not it doesn't pass inspection, so you're gonna have a hard time reselling it, or hey, that interest rate is just a little bit too high. uh you can imagine as I scale up or hey, um, you're not actually a girl, you're a boy. You can imagine how all of these little kernels of truth um have Exponential magnifying effects across our reality I, I know that's a lot of words, but um that's why I take it so seriously with with the smallest of things um does this dress make my butt look big that that is an except like that kernel of truth could greatly modify the way that your wife dresses in the future, the way that she sees herself um whatever it might be, those little kernels of truth that a lot of people let go by and let slip by um to me. They are so important to, to capture and to be good stewards of. And the point here also is that that doesn't always mean that they need to be shared. It means that they need to be categorized. They need to be noted. Um, they need to be remembered because when they happen again, maybe that's the point that you need to share it. Uh, maybe the best thing to do with that truth is to not say anything with it because then you, either you're the, the boy that cries wolf or um, the check engine light that never turns off uh, it eventually gets ignored. So, um, to me, when you look at these little scenarios of, Hey, I have the truth. They don't know the truth. I need to be a good steward of the truth. When you look at it in that scenario, um, or in that mindset, you go from the truth always needs to be shared in the most blunt way possible in the quickest way possible to hold on. If this truth is not received and if it doesn't actually affect their reality in a positive way, then I don't need to share it or then I'm not being a good steward of the truth. That's the idea. So um, I've said a lot of things. Uh, let's let's back it up a little bit. There are two sides to these interactions. Um, I used to think there was one. I used to think that when I say words, it doesn't matter how you take them. It matters how you mean them, or how I mean them. So let's say that I say something that offends you. I'm not going to say a bad word here, but let's say I say a bad word and it offends you. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, That's that's funny. I actually had a friend that uh, I, won't, I won't tell that story, but uh, it was good context. His parents heard me uh, call him a word that they did not appreciate uh, over the phone. And the way it made them feel was very poor. The way that it made his parents feel was apparently very poor. The way it made him feel was this is an average interaction we say this to each other all the time the only reason that we say this to each other is because we're such good friends um he says it to me i say it to him okay uh in my previous experience in which it was just an accident and it's one that i didn't really apologize for because i didn't feel the need to but uh, in my previous interactions i would say it doesn't matter how it makes your parents feel whatsoever Like the way that I say the words, that's what matters. And if they're not willing to to understand the way that I say the words, um, then they don't actually care about what was said. They just want to be upset. I did this in multiple occasions. If we had an argument and I said, well, that idea is stupid. And they said, are you calling me stupid? No, what I said was that idea was stupid. It doesn't matter how it makes you feel. It matters how I mean it. Um, I said that and I meant it a lot. Well, when we look at the truth, in context of being a good steward of the truth, that then becomes false. Because if I want to be a good steward of the truth and make sure that it has an impact, then the way that others experience that truth, the way that they take it, the way that they use it, now becomes incredibly important. Uh, Because if you say the truth and it's immediately wasted or it's ignored, or in the worst case scenario, future truth is ignored that you have to offer, uh, that is a net negative. So it doesn't matter the way that you meant it it matters solely the way that they took it (laughs) um now okay that's in the context of being a good steward of the truth what also requires you to be a good steward of the truth is to hold to the truth so again there are two sides of this there are what i say how i mean it how i perceive it what i believe to be the truth and then how you how you receive it so there are two kind of dichotomies well that's a weird word um two ways to think about it you don't back down from the truth um so if you think the truth if you know the truth um you want to be a good steward of it that means that you don't alter the truth for somebody else for the way that they're going to take it uh maybe the truth will set them back a little bit maybe that's what needs to be that maybe that's what needs to happen uh the relationship maybe that truth will set the relationship back a little bit but the truth needs to be told Maybe they will be upset with you about this truth, but it's just a hard truth. Let's say that your friend is not as skinny as he needs to be. Or let's say that he's gaining a lot of weight or your wife is gaining a lot of weight. Well, um, every day that you let that that truth slip by, every day that you don't say anything about the truth, every day that you don't make a, a move to share that truth is a day that their life gets worse. It is. Uh, when you look at it like that... Um, that sucks, and so maybe you need to say something now, and maybe it is going to hurt the relationship a little bit. Maybe they're going to be offended by the fact that you think that they're gaining weight. Um, but it's what needs to be said. Um, two sides of that interaction. You need to make sure that it's delivered in the most beneficial way possible. It's not, "Hey, you're looking a little fat today." It's, "Hey, what is it? What is your diet looking like?" Or, "Hey, man, do you um, just start asking questions? Do you are you kind of where you want to be with your with your fitness goals?" Well, I don't know, man, you know, take an interest in that. Uh, So there's the way that you deliver it and the way that you need to be conscious about that. But there may not be any way to make that make that sound good. Hey, are you are you good with your fitness goals? Well, you know, um, I'd kind of like to do this. Okay, well, man, just from my perspective, I think you're putting on this amount of weight. There's not ever really a great way to deliver that. Um, But the other side of that interaction is you don't need to back off from the truth. Um, If they say, man, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling fantastic. You don't say, yeah, man, you look great or you look fantastic. (laughs) That's not exactly what you say. It's, it's just not, you don't back down from the truth. You don't let the truth slip by from you. If you see the truth, if you know the truth, um, to be a good steward of it, you can't let it be ignored. Uh, somebody still needs to acknowledge that. And somebody still needs to make moves towards the truth being exposed and, and the truth having an effect on our world. So what I mean by that is let's say that this relationship, let's say that nobody will tell this person the truth. Um, let's say that they've got a drinking habit or something like that. Um, two sides to this. The relationship is important, but also the truth is important. Nobody else will say anything to this person. This person, you don't have the necessarily kind of relationship. It's your, well, I have a both a sister and a brother-in-law. It's, it's nothing personal in this scenario but let's say it's your brother-in-law that you hardly ever talk to um maybe you're not the guy to best deliver this truth but nobody else will uh maybe this relationship there's a very good chance that it it won't withstand what you're about to say to this person but the weight of this truth is so heavy uh that it needs to be said that's where that second part of that interaction uh how is the truth uh going to be accepted matters a whole lot less than the weight of the truth that you have uh, and sticking to the truth, so maybe it needs to be said. Um, I hope I hope this is I hope this is making sense of trying to balance um, how the truth is going to be accepted, how it's going to be used, how it's how it's delivered and used to the advantage of of the concerning parties, uh, and sticking to the truth and not letting the truth down just to be nice. Um, in a perfect world. It goes something like this: You've built up such a good relationship with a certain person that you have the truth. You go to them and you say, "Hey, um, to be honest with you, I think that your your calories have been really high lately. Like, it started it started in Fourth of July, and <laughs> ever since then, um, you know, just by my rough estimations, you've been eating like five thousand calories a day. Can can we back that down a little bit? And because you have such a good relationship. And because they know how you mean it, they know that you're you're there for them. Um, they say, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it. Yes, please. Will you, will you help me? Um, that's like the ultimate scenario. You've delivered it in a good way. You didn't say, hey, I think you're getting a little fat lately. You said, hey, I think your calories are a little bit high. Um, what can we do about that? You had the truth. You noticed the truth. You delivered it in a good way because you had a good relationship with this person. And you delivered it in a way that they accepted it. They acknowledged it, and they even asked for help on how to fix it. That is the ultimate scenario. Uh, That is the ultimate scenario of you found the truth, you see it, how do I deliver it in a way that it gets used? Bad scenario is like what I was talking about beforehand of you don't have a relationship with this person, maybe you're just um, acquaintances with this person, and you see the truth, uh, but you go and you tell them the truth, and they're like, who in the hell are you? To tell me what my nutrition is you you've met me three times, um you know nothing about me, you know nothing about my diet, even uh, and let's say you say it in the worst way possible. Hey, you've gained a lot of weight lately, <laughs> like you just can't do that, and the truth that you have maybe it is true, maybe it is true that this, this person that you met on Fourth of July and you've seen four times since maybe they are just mowing through the calories uh but you don't have the relationship to to honor that truth. And so that brings us to the question of what do you do with the truth when when you can't necessarily directly share it? Well, uh, to me, this is why it's so good to be an example um, to those around you. This is why it's so important to be an example to those around you, uh, because at the very least you're sharing the truth by embodying what you what you believe to be the truth. Uh, maybe this person that you've met three times, maybe you don't need to tell them that they've gained fifteen pounds since July fourth. Maybe you don't need to tell them that. Uh, They're eating around 6,000 calories a day since July 4th. But um, if you are an example, if you're out there being fit, living fit, working out, you are personally embodying this truth that we need to be fit, we need to be healthy, we need to have a good diet, and we need to work out. You You are showing that to the world in example format. And so you see the truth, and it's the truth with a lot of people, that they're overeating, that they're not... Being fit—it's the truth for you. Occasionally, uh, that you overeat and that you're not fit and that you skip workouts. So instead of trying to tell everybody the truth, you're just going to show them. It's not a direct assault to their way of living. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's—it's it's quite the opposite. If you don't directly assault them with the words, if you don't apply it personally to them, um, there's almost no way that they can take offense to it. And and some people still will. Like, what do you think you're better than us because you're not eating? The chips or because you're not eating all the rolls or the desserts Uh, some people will take that as an personal attack but it's because you presented them with the truth that this is not the correct way to live but being an example is incredibly important and that's where being a good steward of the truth starts is by embodying it uh, any way that you can into your life um you know for me let's let's take it back to the wife cooking example for me um i have some sort of authority or some sort of pull with those around me when I cook because I put a lot of a lot of effort into my cooking I do research to make sure that it turns out well I cook for a lot of people okay (laughs) I cook well for a lot of people Uh, could it be better absolutely it could Um, but I start by being an example and caring a lot about what I cook so when my wife is learning how to cook she knows at the very least that I'm not asking her to do anything that I wouldn't do myself that I'm not asking her to pay any sort of Level of attention to detail that I don't pay myself. I know the difference between a teaspoon and a tablespoon. I'm very judicious with it. Uh, If it says a teaspoon, I use a teaspoon. If it says a tablespoon, I use a tablespoon. Uh, Now, the art of cooking comes in and maybe I do something a little bit different, but she knows that the effort and the attention to detail is there for my cooking. If I was a half ass cook and I come in there and I'm like, you used way too much butter on this, all credibility goes out the window. It doesn't matter if she did or not all credibility goes out the window because you're not embodying the truth. So what am I, let's, let's tie this all back together. When you have these interactions with people and when you want to tell somebody the truth, uh, first level of importance to me is embodying that truth. Um, you're not going to get anywhere on personal finances. If you're broke as hell, if you see somebody making a poor financial decision, if you're broke. The chances of the truth landing in any sort of efficient manner is slim to none, slim to none okay <laughs> this is why we talk about finances in my in my in my group, but very rarely do I give like hardcore financial advice. you know I may comment on what interest rates are I may comment on what I think would be the best way to 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 have this, but I very rarely give like hardcore financial advice because I'm not not a millionaire. I don't have just a whole lot of good finances. I can tell you how to make money. Um, can't really tell you very well how to how to save money. Um, can't really tell you how to invest because I just don't do that. Now, again, we have conversations, uh, but those are with people that I really trust. Those are with people that are my really good friends. Those are with people that I have some sort of level of credibility just on the fact that I can critically think through things, and they have that same level of credibility with me. So, um. You need to live the example because it makes your words weigh a lot more. Um, it, it it gives a lot more weight to the truth that you might have because they know that you've experienced these things at the very least. Um, being unfit and being unhealthy. Uh, nobody should have or would have taken my advice on being healthy when I was 330 pounds. Um, and if I ever tried to give that to you when I was 330 pounds, I apologize. Um, so uh yeah, um, if I ever tried to do that, <laughs> I apologize, but now I've lost almost a hundred pounds. I'm at like ninety seven pounds, very close to a hundred pounds. Uh, I'm still not the fittest or the healthiest guy, but if you have concerns about losing weight, at the very least, I've done it uh now, I know a lot of people that have lost a hundred pounds that have no clue what they're talking about um and that sucks. I say a lot of people and not many people have lost a hundred pounds, but I know people who have lost 30, 40 pounds that still have no clue what they're talking about. Uh, But at the very least, I have some level of credibility in the realm of fitness, losing weight, working out, done a lot of it. Uh, The people that have 10, 12 years more experience than I do, they probably have a little bit more credibility. So you need to live the example of the truth that you're trying to sell. Um, I can't tell anybody how to live healthy until I live healthy Um, now. if if somebody if my wife or my friends or something like that are eating five thousand calories a day i have a little bit of authority to say something about it um of saying hey just a heads up (laughs) like i calculate my calories every day and i'm pretty sure you're you're up there (laughs) like this is going to turn out bad i've been to the i've been to the worst of the worst of overeating uh i've pulled myself out of that hole Uh, i've embodied the truth that i'm about to share with them so be a good example of the truth whatever it is whether it's uh fidelity whether it's um you know having a good relationship uh, getting your health under control uh fixing vehicles whatever it might be finances um make sure that you're embodying the truth before you try to sell it because it gives the truth a lot more credibility on the other side of that interaction um, not every time you can you can sell the truth without being let me put it this way you can see and you can have the truth without having that credibility um you can it just makes it a whole lot harder on the other side of that interaction uh you know i see this a lot of times too is where people just won't they won't stick to the truth because they think that they have no stake in the game uh something that that comes up is like uh this is kind of a weird tangent but like men and abortion rights they think that they have no stake in the truth because they don't have babies and they go, "Oh, well, is what it is." Or um people that <laughs> they they see the truth in some matter. Um personal fi- they're not homeowners or something. You don't have to be a homeowner to know that 9% interest rates are crazy right now. <laughs> like or or you don't have to have a vehicle loan to know that 20% interest is a bad idea. Um you don't have to necessarily embody the truth just to see the truth you don't have to be like a millionaire to talk about finances you don't have to be but if you're so that's the one side of the equation of of seeing and noticing the truth and being a good steward of the truth you don't have to have that level of experience to just see and know the truth i fought this all the time at work um i would come in as a new new young kid and i would say hey this doesn't look correct it, to me it's very true that you're spending money in a bad way here and because I didn't have 30, 40 years of experience, they were like, absolutely, like, you don't know what you're talking about. We've been doing this for 30 or 40 years. It is correct to do something wrong for 30 or 40 years, okay? Um, it is it, it is not correct, but it is possible for somebody to do something wrong for 30 or 40 years. Uh, it's very possible. I've seen it happen. Um, so you don't have to be the perfect example to see and know the truth. But once you see and know the truth, you need to start living in accordance with that. Um. I think that's that's fairly sound. Once you see that your buddy is taking on too much debt, once you see the truth, maybe you've got a lot of debt yourself. But once you see the truth, to me, the first step is to embody that truth. Uh, And again, you don't have to wait until you're the perfect example to tell your buddy uh, like substance abuse or whatever. If you and your buddy are both alcoholics, um, the moment that you see the truth, maybe it's the next day after the party and you think, man, we've gone a little bit too far. You're going to have a hard time selling that to your buddy, but maybe you need to try. Maybe he's like, Dude, you were just at that party with me. Yeah, man, I know. But it's very evident to me that this is the way it needs to be. And from that day on, after you've shared the truth, even though it may not come across very well, you've shared it because you wanted, you needed to, you needed to be a good steward of the truth. And then after that, you need to start embodying it. So over time, uh, it becomes harder and harder for him to not to deny on the other side of that interaction. Uh, perfect example is weight. <laughs> perfect example is weight when i was 330 pounds i saw the truth and i said hey we need to get healthy um everybody around me we need to get healthy maybe it was very difficult for them to even acknowledge the fact that that was the truth coming from me uh for anybody and i'm not pointing to anybody specific but anybody around me they said what you know like you're telling us that we need to get healthy uh yes actually um at 334 pounds the truth is that Everybody around here needs to be healthy, not just myself, but everybody like we, we have a very poor lifestyle. We need to start eating healthy. We need to start being good, strong men uh, because that's the type of men we are. And maybe they went, you know, whatever. And maybe they had good reason to do that. I'm not exactly a good minister of the truth at that point, um, but it needed to be brought up. So I bring it up and then I embody that. And then two, three years later, they're like, huh, well, I <laughs> guess he meant what he said. I uh, guess he's living what he said. Maybe he was right. That's kind of what I'm talking about here, and so I think I've covered this fairly well. I'm at let's see, forty minutes. Um. Yeah. So, you know, as this kind of relates to Jocko, uh, you can't a, a poor relationship is probably the worst thing for the truth, and that's what matters on the on the second side of that of that interaction. So you have somebody talking, somebody sharing the truth, and somebody receiving the truth. Uh, the way that you communicate that goes along uh, with the truth, and you have to make sure that that truth is received in a good way. And not only does it affect that little kernel of truth, but it affects all the future kernels of truth that you might share with this person. Um, I, I don't know if I'm over-talking this. Let's see. Let, let me look at my let me look at my notes. Your side must be based in truth. Stick to what you say. Do not apologize for the truth. So yeah, um, we're not going to apologize for truth. And this is where I had such a big hang up. um, when I was just so incredibly blunt and, and in a lot of ways I still am, uh, in a lot of ways it, it hasn't been fixed, but <laughs> we're, we're moving in the right direction. Um, you don't apologize for the truth. And that's what I would see Uh, with a lot of other people maybe they do have like really good relationships with somebody maybe maybe because they're always nice and they're always kind to these people uh these other people love them but eventually they're going to know that they're not being told what they need to be told um but you don't just apologize for sharing the truth that's not good for the truth either because the person that you're apologizing to uh what are they what are they losing in that they're losing this this respect for the truth the moment that you apologize and say hey um, actually your hair looks great. Okay. Then you are reinforcing a lie. If their hair does not look great, if objectively it's all frizzy, it's tangled, whatever the case might be. Um, they now not only, um, don't see the truth, but you're reinforcing a lie when you apologize for the truth. Um, you don't want to do that. (laughs) I mean, you just, you just don't want to do that. Um, yeah, it's 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 just as bad as delivering the truth in a way that it's going to be ignored. Is uh, if you just don't deliver the truth at all and you reinforce a lie, it's not good. It's it, it's not good. And if you see the truth, you're doing a big disservice to not only the person that you're interacting with, but the truth. Um, you're not doing you're not doing right by either of those by uh apologizing for the truth. So now I've laid out a couple of different examples. Of how you might deliver truth in in an acceptable format. Um, one of the biggest way, and this is kind of a jocko jocko centered idea, but is asking questions. Um, not necessarily leading questions, but earnest questions. You know, one thing that we want to we want to make sure is that what we think is the truth is it actually the truth. Uh, that's also being a good steward of the truth is verifying that this is the truth. Because if you see, and I know I've said truth about a thousand times, but it's important. If you see something that you think is a fact or that you think is true, uh, you better make sure that it's it is the facts or it is true, because if it's not, then whatever is a fact, whatever is true that you haven't seen yet, um, you're not searching for that. So let's do this. Let's say that you have some couple friends, and you're these are really really good couple friends, and uh, one of them you hear rumors that. One of them stole two thousand dollars from the other person. Let's say that they found two thousand dollars cash and stole it. These are just boyfriend and girlfriend. um You think that that's the truth. uh you think that your buddy's girlfriend stole two thousand dollars from him. Well, when you go and let's say you have the truth and you need to tell him this, or let's say that you want to do something about it. you hear this and it's not good, and he doesn't know about it. Well, you need to make sure that that's actually that that's actually true because maybe it's not maybe he gave her this and she just didn't spend it wisely uh maybe it's a whole other list of circumstances maybe there was no money involved and this is just their friend trying to start a, their other friend trying to start crap um you need to make sure that whatever it is is true so you ask earnest questions hey man you know how's everything going lately <laughs> maybe that's the key maybe he goes man this girl stole two grand from me or maybe he goes man this girl stole a thousand dollars from me dang really it was only you know it was a thousand well it was more like 1500 bucks you know uh so you start asking questions and maybe they'll tell you everything that you need to know Uh, maybe they'll give you the actual truth um as you ask more questions she just stole it it, like out of your cash or well no I, i told her that she could go and take it for you know a car down payment but she ended up going and spending it on clothes it's like oh so you you know did that that's weird how did she make that mistake Well, she just said that she needed some money, so I I gave it to her. But I thought she was going to spend it on a car. Okay, now I see what's going on here. (laughs) She she needed money. You had your own idea of the way that she was going to spend it, and she didn't spend it that way. So now we're in a completely different set of circumstances. We went from uh, she spent, she stole two thousand dollars from this guy to, um, babe, I need some money, and you give her money thinking she's going to do it on, spend it on this certain thing, and then she goes and spend it on something else, and then you're upset about it two completely different circumstances and two completely different ways to help facilitate the truth. Now, maybe the truth is, well, buddy, you need to be very clear if you're going to lend financial help what you think it needs to go for, or you need to care much less about what it goes for and if you're just doing it to do it. Like, completely different set of circumstances here. And so, um, like I said, very Jocko-esque is asking questions to make sure that you have the truth. And a lot of times, the truth will work itself out. You're in a business meeting and uh somebody comes in and they give you this plan and unfortunately uh, th- this is this is good, so it's scheduling i'll see I'll see an error in a schedule, and instead of going in there and being like, "Hey, this is wrong right here uh maybe I see the truth, maybe they have a tie that's not correct maybe um they're actually maybe they say they're going to finish two months earlier than what they actually are because uh they don't have something connected correctly uh they're going to uh, let me." What is the most simple way that I can do it? They've got two weeks of painting before the walls are even up. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's not going to work. You're going to be two weeks off. Okay. Um, Maybe they've got all their countertops scheduled in March, but the the slab isn't even going to be poured until May. That's a problem. And so their finish date shows that it's two months earlier than what it's actually going to be. So you have the truth and you could easily go in there and say, Hey, that needs to be tied there. And they go, oh, okay, and they tie it there. Uh, Or maybe they're really proud of this schedule. They come in and they say, man, I've I've put a lot of work into this. And maybe they have, and it's just a slip up. They come in and they say, i put a lot of work into this. Uh, You're in a meeting and and you're looking at it. And maybe they have. Maybe everything on the left side of this mistake is awesome. Maybe everything on the right side of this mistake is awesome. Um, But you see the truth. You see the truth right there in the schedule. And it's very blatant. Um, You're going to start asking questions. Man, so when's the start date on this project? This. Well, when's the finish date? This. Oh, that, that's really quick. How'd you? You know, that's that's awesome. Um, that's that's super quick. Um, why don't you walk through the you know the steps of the schedule for me? Like walk through the work. And you ask them a question. They go, Oh yeah, they're really excited about it. And they walk you through all these steps. Uh, and then maybe that's when they catch it. They go, Oh, 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 oh give me one second, one second. <laughs> like turn turn away, look at your phone for a second. And they tie this back together. And then everything's fine. Oh yeah, actually we're gonna finish and we're going to finish in november we're not going to finish in september anymore yeah my mistake um that's what i'm talking about here uh that's the second part of this interaction you held to the truth you knew that something was wrong you're going to ask questions until the truth is revealed and the truth is enacted um that's a way to to do it again so we've talked about being an example we've talked about just simply asking questions uh the other thing is is holding on uh holding on to the truth, um, and and waiting for the right moment and building that relationship. Um, you know, something that my wife and I've talked about a lot lately is just deflecting. Like maybe, maybe you have the truth. Maybe it's not the time to share it with the right person and you don't want to lie. Um, that's very important. A lot of people to save an uncomfortable situation, they'll lie. They'll just say, uh, Oh, Hey, you know, are you, uh, what's a good, Examples that won't upset anybody. Hey, are you gonna do this, this, and this for your party? Oh yeah, yeah, we might do that. Knowing good good and well that you're not gonna do that. <laughs> like just just blatantly lie. Um my wife and I have talked about kind of deflecting or, or changing the subject until it's it's the right time for the truth. Um What's another good example of this? Uh I oh I get it all the time in like uh fitness scenarios now that people see that i am being a little bit more fit they want to come to me with these ideas about fitness and it's very good i appreciate and we'll there's another side of this as well but um I, i'm appreciative of it a lot of times to where they'll come and be like hey man you know the best way the best way to lose weight is this and you're like oh thanks you know they know that you're trying to lose weight they think that they have something that's true um and so, they go and they deliver it to you, and maybe it's 100% not true. Many such cases, <laughs> many such cases uh, ha- has has happened here. They'll, they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, man, you know, fasted cardio in the morning is the best way to lose weight. It's not a bad way to lose weight. It has hardly any bearing on losing weight. There's really no advantages to it. Um, it's just one way to create a calorie deficit. It's not any better than fasted lifting in the morning. It's not even better than fed lifting in the morning it's not any better than fed lifting in the afternoon uh but it is a way to lose weight so a good strategy is just kind of to uh deflect or to um you know the truth you have the truth obviously they're wrong about the truth obviously that can have negative circumstances maybe they're trying to lose weight and all they're doing in the morning is fasted cardio but uh maybe that's they don't they don't go as hard maybe they could be benefited by learning that fasted cardio doesn't really matter that they can do something that they enjoy a little bit more whatever the case might be you say yeah man yeah um you know i really i think cardio is really good i like to do you know i like to do this for cardio okay we've deflected this idea that wasn't true we've picked on to the one true thing that was in that statement cardio um we both have an affinity for cardio and we move to what kind of cardio do you like that's how you maintain a relationship without denying the truth. I didn't say, oh yeah. Fasted man, fasted cardio is is the best way, man. Um, to build a relationship. Um, I didn't forsake the truth. I didn't lie about the truth. I said, you know, I really like to do this kind of cardio. What about you? You just deflected everything that was wrong in there. We don't have to talk about it anymore. They think that you're interested, and maybe you really are interested in cardio in what they have to say, and now you're on to a different subject of cardio. It doesn't matter if you're fasted, it doesn't matter what time of the day you did it. Now we're just talking about cardio. We're building a relationship. And then eventually in a couple of weeks when they realize that, holy crap, you've lost 10 pounds in three weeks. What are you doing? Um, they already know that you enjoy cardio. They already know that you know what you're doing. You've already got that relationship built up. And you say, man, what I'm doing is I'm lifting in the mornings and I'm doing cardio in the afternoons. And they go, oh, really? And I go, and, they, and you go, yeah. And they go, well, man, I've been doing fasted cardio in the mornings. And I thought that was the best way to lose weight um i guess maybe maybe not and you go well you know this works for me and you move on perfect example of how you kind of deflected you didn't apologize for the truth you acknowledged what was true in their statement and you built a relationship and move forward again these are just strategies to make sure that you don't apologize for the truth That you deliver the truth in an acceptable fashion because you're being an example, you're living the truth, and you're building that relationship so that eventually the truth will be received. This is very difficult. I'm not. How do I? How do I put it? It's maybe I'm not making it very simple, but Jocko says this a lot. It's it's very simple, but it's hard. It's not a complicated process, but it is very difficult to do. Um, it's really not a complicated process, but it's very difficult to do because what you might want to do uh, is just say, "Oh yeah, fast cardio is the best. See you later." You know, have some coffee. <laughs> maybe that's what you want to do. But that's not being a good steward of the truth. Um to me it's not. And as these these scenarios get more consequent consequential consequential. Yeah. Uh it increases maybe again. I, I don't I, I can find you a thousand different examples that are, you know, more that, that have more consequences. Um, but I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you know what I'm talking about. Somebody's gonna go buy a new truck. They say, yeah, man, I found this, this awesome deal. It's $50,000 and 20% interest rate. You go, you know, man, I really like, I really like this type of truck. Like you didn't acknowledge the fact that that's a crazy interest rate for a crazy price on this truck. Now you're just talking about trucks um, and you're building that relationship. You don't have to apologize for the truth or you don't have to forsake the truth to build these relationships and to, to um, yeah, to build those relationships. Uh, you can deflect, you can find the little kernel of truth in there and you can move forward with that and then live the example. So I think the last thing that I want to talk about, um, is being on the other side of that. So I've talked a lot about when you have the truth, I've talked a lot about how to, uh, deliver that truth in a way that is, is uh complementary to the truth that, that does, um, I don't want to say does justice, but like um you're doing right by the truth uh you're you're making sure it's delivered in a way that that is meaningful and you're making sure that the truth gets out into the world doesn't always mean that it needs to be now maybe maybe it is never maybe it's just you living living an example um but at the very least you're you're sticking by the truth and you're doing what you can to maintain the relationship and maintain um maintain allegiance with the truth maybe i don't know but um you're doing what you can to to live by the truth and to make sure that the people around you understand what you think is the truth and and you're trying to lead lead them in the direction of the truth we've talked about this um what happens when you're on the other side of that Uh, i've said this a lot and i've talked about it a lot about unsolicited advice um if we take that direction you know unsolicited advice a lot of times. It Comes from a place of truth, <laughs> it really does. Sometimes it doesn't. I just talked about the, you know, the fasted cardio thing. That's unsolicited advice. Uh, but at the very least, it comes from what they think is true. Uh, very rarely, and now people now people do, uh, people will peddle lies. But very rarely do people genuinely think that they are doing good by just telling you a straight up lie. Uh, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens, and I, I say very rarely it can happen when people are trying to make you feel good, uh when people want to build that relationship and they'll just ignore the truths or um they'll say just an outright lie. Oh, you look so great today. Maybe you don't. Um some people will tell outright lies, but if you're getting unsolicited advice, I would say at least 80% of the time it's coming from a place that people believe is true. Uh people believe that that is true where unsolicited advice is bad is once again when it's delivered in a way that somebody ignores it. So I hear this all the time. Uh man, you know, I don't give unsolicited advice because it's not my place to say anything or uh I don't give unsolicited advice because uh most of the time it's it's like that or man when people give me unsolicited advice, they don't know me, they don't know what I'm going through. Um they don't have any any place to say anything about my life. Okay, well they think that they're speaking from the truth they really do most of the time they think that they're speaking from the truth that doesn't mean it's delivered correctly that doesn't mean that um it is true it means that they think they are delivering you truth when you walk into the gym uh i get this a lot uh i get this probably more than anything when i walk into the gym and i can barely hit a parallel squat they say oh have you tried doing this or oh yeah well you really need to be able to squat parallel why don't you try doing this or Oh, hey, uh you know if you do this, they think it's like a range of motion issue, or they have a thousand different opinions as to why I can't hit a parallel squat. Um, very, very few of them know what the actual condition of my knees are. Um, sometimes it's mental limits on myself, but uh, very few people know what the actual truth is, and they try to prescribe something that that isn't isn't good for me, that if I try to do what they're telling me to do, um, I will pop a kneecap out because I've done it about a thousand times. Uh, and I will lay there in pain and then get up eventually and, and walk it off, but it's going to hurt. So um, I like get unsolicited advice. That's probably like one of the things that I get most, especially in a gym context, is like, oh, hey, have you tried doing this? It's like, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but they're coming from a point of truth. So that's why I'm very big on unsolicited advice. That's why I appreciate unsolicited advice, because at the very least, somebody is sharing truth. Um... So it's important for you to know when you're giving unsolicited advice. We just talked about this a lot. Uh, how you're delivering it. It's also important on how you receive it. Um, very important on how you receive it. So again, two sides of the interaction. Uh, you have control of what you, when you're giving truth when you are uh, disseminating truth. Uh, you have control over the truth how it's how you mean it and how it's delivered to the other person. When you're on the other side of that interaction. Now you have control over how it's received, okay? Somebody sees what they think is the truth. They are trying to hand it to you. They are trying to hand it to you. Maybe it's not the truth. Maybe now you become the truth holder and you know that they're holding a lie. They tell you, hey, uh, you know that diet sodas are just as bad as regular sodas, okay? (laughs) Um, Flat out lie. Liar. Um, You're not telling the truth. Uh, I've lost almost 100 pounds. I drink the hell out of diet sodas. You're not telling the truth, okay? But they are trying to give you a kernel of truth, okay? Now you become the truth holder, and how you receive it, um, you are still a steward of the truth. When they are trying to give you unsolicited advice that they believe is true, now you become the truth holder. Um, so the way that you receive it now determines how you build that relationship. Um, so when somebody comes and gives you unsolicited advice, Uh, I kind of just covered this, but you look for the things that are true. When they come and give you unsolicited advice, you look for the things that are true to build that relationship. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, diet sodas are pretty bad for you, huh? Well, what is true about that? Um, Almost nothing other than the fact that diet sodas are probably worse than water because water is very good. (laughs) Um, If you, if you have, if you haven't drank all your water today, maybe you don't need to Chug down a diet soda. Now I I don't even know if that's true. I I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the added chemicals do anything. I don't know. Uh, but at the very least, I know that water's not hurting you, so you can go. Yeah, man, I need to drink more water. They go. Yeah, yeah, you need to drink more water. Objectively true. You should drink more water. You didn't have to acknowledge that diet sodas were bad for you. You built that relationship. They think that they've given you this piece of advice. They think that they've invested into you. They think that you now think that they have something of value. You've acknowledged. Something that is true in that interaction. You've received unsolicited advice. You don't immediately turn around and go, you don't know me. I've lost 100 pounds drinking Fresca, bro, and Coke Zero. Okay, you don't do that. You don't do that. And unfortunately, a lot of people, maybe they don't do that to the person, but they do that in their heads. They do that immediately in their heads. They say, who is this person trying to give me truth? Um, it's very ungrateful. To me, it's it's very ungrateful, and I think maybe, maybe this is just a little bit of my bias. I'm more biased to giving unsolicited advice, but to me, it seems three or four times more arrogant to wholly and completely deny unsolicited advice than it ever is to give it, um, because at least one person is searching for and trying to deliver what they think is true. Uh, again, that may be biased from my point of view, but when somebody just blatantly says i don't take unsolicited advice because they don't know me to me that is 10 times more arrogant than it ever is to try to disseminate the truth however maybe you have a lie um but if you think it's true and you're trying to 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 deliver that to somebody that is to me much more honorable and and much less arrogant much more humble um than just outright denying any sort of shred of unsolicited advice so it is just important on how you receive uh these kernels of truth or what people may think to be truth uh than it is on how you give it um I hope that I hope that is clear again I'm big on unsolicited advice because I think to be a good steward of the truth not only do you have to build relationships but you have to be willing to be confronted with what you think is true um This happened to me the other day now when I do squats and stuff like that um Sometimes the information is really good and I've been able to be helped a lot, uh, by people that, that want to give me unsolicited advice that I think is, is trash. And then I'm like, you know what, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of true. I'll tell this real quick. Uh, for example, there's a guy that I hadn't talked to in a while. Um, I hadn't been in the same gym for a little bit and like two or three, I had lost quite a bit of weight, um, since I had last seen him, but, uh, Maybe like it was like my first time back in the gym or something like that with him. And he came up, he was trying to help. He said, hey, if you turn the box this way, you can get a little bit more upright back position versus leaning over and just trying to touch your butt to the box. It gives you a little bit more confidence. Uh, Now, that's something that I had I had heard before I had done before, but it had been so long since I had done it, just completely forgot it. Um, He took the risk of what some people would consider sounding arrogant or being a know it all or whatever. Uh, He came over and because again, he and I had a really good relationship. um, He came over, he tried to share the truth with me. And so I said, dang, you know what? He's right. And so I turned my box. (laughs) Um, Again, that is one area where me and my knees, only me and my knees kind of know what's going on. Very hard to relate it to other people. Uh, It's very hard to take unsolicited advice on that topic because people, um, when when it comes to anything with pain. Uh, unsolicited advice it, it ratchets up the the emotions like ten or twelve times because it's like you don't know what level of pain I'm about to go through. Uh, if if what you're telling me goes wrong, it's not like oh uh you know well you know hypertrophy is better in the fifteen to twenty rep range instead of the twelve to twelve to fifteen. You know, like it's not just a matter of opinion. It's a matter of not not life and death because that's different. But it's a matter of significant pain and damage to my body versus not so when you deliver me unsolicited advice about this um the the emotions are much higher but still he was right there was truth in that uh that truth made me better uh now he has a little bit more backing uh than the average person he's a physical therapist so you know when becky comes up to me and she's like hey you need to do this okay uh well becky um you know you're an insurance agent. I appreciate you, but, um, that's still the wrong mentality, but he still has more weight. If Becky comes up and delivers some good truth, you take it. Uh, but he had a little bit more weight and I said, you know what? This is the truth. I'm going to evaluate the truth. I'm going to accept the truth and I'm going to change the way that I'm doing this. Uh, that is being a good steward of the truth. And even my example of Becky uh, is a little bit off um, because Becky can still have some good truth, but uh, yeah. So I think I think I've covered covered this idea fairly well. Um, whether you're delivering or receiving um, the truth, understand that interaction. Understand where you are in that interaction, and at the very least, search for the truth. When Becky comes and tries to give you knee advice, is there anything true in that? I mean, anything, uh, this, this is so funny. It's like, uh, elite level. I always picture like the elite level wide receivers of they go and they play a game and let's say like a random fan meets the wide receiver at the supermarket. And he says, bro, bro, you know, I watched that game and you did really well, but you know, from my point of view, you, if you, if you would have just, I don't even know anything about being a wide receiver, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know anything. About being, a, if you would have ran this route instead of this route, most most guys, who are you to tell this wide receiver that gets paid millions of dollars how to play football? Um, you're relatively nothing. But to me, the most elite level wide receiver goes, huh? Maybe there's something in that. This dude was sitting up thirty thousand feet; he could see an aerial view. Maybe I go back and I look at that play. Maybe he was right. Maybe if I ran the slant instead of the post or whatever, uh, maybe I would have. Maybe there's something I can get out of that. To me, that is the most humble and and elite level of whatever you're trying to do is constantly searching for the truth, no matter who it comes from. Now, again, the amount of weight that you give that truth, it varies. Or the amount of time you search for that truth, it varies. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, have you ever heard about Scientology? <laughs> you go, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going to leave this interaction right now. Because you know what there is to know about Scientology, and it's not great. Um, it's it's not great. Maybe you keep that relationship alive the best. Hey, you know, man, I'm I'm really religious too, actually. Oh, really? What Christianity. Whatever it might be. Um, but the amount of, you don't always have to evaluate everything as if it's the same level of truth. You don't have to do that. But if you want to be uh, elite, if you want to be a leader in your community, um, if you want to be a good steward of the truth, Uh, it's very important that you're constantly searching for it and that you're constantly trying to do right by the truth in the way that you receive it, in the way that you deliver it and in the relationships that you build. So I think that that's all I've got for you. I'm at an hour and eight minutes. Uh, I think that I've covered the topic fairly well. Again, this is not something that I mastered, uh, not something that I have mastered and something that I got very, very wrong. And it ruined a lot of friendships, something I'll never forget, uh, is I had a buddy that, that bought a, let me put it this way. This is the point that I really realized that, um, I was making mistakes in the way that I was delivering the truth. Uh, I had a buddy that had bought a house and uh, it's working out well for him. Um, I had no place to really tell him what or how to do with this stuff. Um, he may make millions of dollars off the house. I don't know. Um, He's very happy, and at the very least that's all that matters and he's got a good house and if, if again, it'll be a really hard stretch if he doesn't make money off of it so really, I was wrong in almost every every scenario, but I was trying to give him a lot of advice uh that number one necessarily wasn't true number two uh I wasn't living the example just because I had bought a house didn't mean I know everything about buying a house but um he was he had finally bought a house deal's already done um He's already done it. He's already done the thing. I can't change it. Um, And then I saw, oh, what was it? Um, It was like his kitchen was a weird color and then like a cabinet was crooked. And uh, it was me and another person who I I don't want to name. Hopefully they don't remember this, but um, we just kind of compounded. And when I saw what this person was doing and how I was also doing the same thing, and the negative reaction that my buddy had, I was like, none of this is helping both me and this other person that are critiquing the pictures of this house that he just bought. He wants to be excited about buying a house and he should be excited about buying a house. It's a big step. Um, it's a really big step and it could lead to massive things. The, the real estate market in that area could absolutely jump up and he could make double his money or whatever in the next 10 years. I don't know. He could, he could have a rent house. It could be passive income thousands of different opportunities with the purchase that he just made um he worked very hard to get the money to even make the purchase um doing a lot of good things he wants to be excited about it and you and this other person that's sitting on the couch over there are looking at the pictures and you're talking about the paint color and the cabinet being uh a little bit not level uh and he had a very negative reaction about it was what we were saying a lie absolutely not (laughs) the paint color was horrendous uh and he knew that um he knew that maybe he didn't want to talk about that he wanted to talk about how awesome the floor plan was or whatever it might be how nice the area is but he knew that the paint was not great um he didn't need to be told but when he was showing his friends that were supposed to be supportive and they said wow look at how uneven that counter is. look at how, how bad the paint is uh we thought we were giving him the truth we thought we were helping him remodel <laughs> i mean because when you buy a house the first thing you do is you change a couple things to make it nice we thought we were helping him do that. We were not helping him do that because it was moving the relationship backwards, and it was it really wasn't our place to say anything about it. Um, he knew, he knew that the paint was was silly and was it worth degrading our friendship over the color of the paint? Absolutely not, not at all. Okay, you build the friendship. You tell him how awesome the house is, and you get over there and you go. You, you think you're going to repaint it all, and he goes, Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to repaint, but uh, I don't know what to do about this cut. Like this, this is just god awful pink. What do I do about this? You know. You've acknowledged how great the house is. You're standing in the house, okay? You're, you're looking at the magnificent house and you say, what do you think about paint, man? And he go, and then he invites you in to have the conversation. So much better of an interaction than sitting on a couch after he's made a new purchase and you're sitting there talking about how shitty the paint is. <laughs> like when I saw that and when I saw this other person doing it along with me and I was like, I don't want to be like that person. Um. Wow, I don't want to be like me. What I'm doing here uh, he's having a very bad reaction to this, uh, justified. And now I don't know if he's ever going to listen to me about matters of, of house. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to influence him ever again about household matters or any matter of opinion, frankly, what have I just done to this relationship? If I, if I want to not only lead, but be led by this person, if I want to have a, a mutual interaction with this person, what have I just done to that relationship? Oh no, what have I done? And that's where I really turned turned my thinking of like, I can't do that. If if my goal is to be a leader, if my goal is to have good, meaningful relationships with the people around me, I can't constantly degrade them just because this little kernel of of what I what of truth, uh really a matter of opinion, but it's not a lie. The paint is objectively ugly. You show it to anybody, they're gonna be like, ew. <laughs> Uh, the paint was objectively ugly, or the wallpaper or the cabinet was crooked objectively, but look at the damage that I've just done to this relationship because of this this small kernel of truth that really had very little bearing on the future. Um, I don't have to say that the cabinet's straight. I don't have to say that the paint is amazing. I can deflect. I can ask questions. I can do all of these other things that build the relationship without denying the truth. There is there is a way to do both build relationships and stick to the truth sometimes sometimes you can't always sometimes this person that is so beholden to a lie um just the even mention or you embodying the truth is going to tear that relationship down sometimes that is the case very very rarely Uh, and a much better scenario is striving to both build a relationship and hold to the truth so i think that's all i've got for you guys again I was not very good at this. Uh, only recently did I did I make a change. I still have plenty of people in my life that are on both sides of this. I still have plenty of people in my life that will deny the truth, uh, that won't ever mention the truth, that hold on to the truth, and they'll talk about the truth behind a person's back and never do, make any moves to try to share the truth with this person because they think it, that it's the right thing to do to be nice and kind. Um, that is not a proper way to live. That is, that is not, that is essentially a lie. I wish I had the book uh, in front of me, but Jordan Peterson says something about um, how really it's, it's a matter of scale. It's like a matter of magnitude. It's a difference in magnitude, not a difference in kind of not telling the truth and telling a lie by holding the truth back and just blatantly telling a lie. It's not a difference in kind. That's not two kinds of things. That's a difference in magnitude. Um, basically they're both lies. It's just the magnitude of the lie. You should be searching the truth. You should be trying to disseminate the truth into this world of lies. Uh, but you need to do it in a way that builds people up that, that builds relationships and that, uh, does justice for the truth that you hold. So I think that's all that I've got for you. Um, tune in on Wednesday for the one flesh podcast, uh, tune in next Sunday for the purpose podcast next Sunday, uh, should be a pretty good one. I'm, I'm finishing my first form, uh, eight week challenge. Um, it's going to be, going to be tight. Hopefully. Um, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go all out this week, uh, and really try to make some, some big gains. I'm a little behind my weight loss schedule. Uh, but this week is it's grind week. It's going to be seven days of, of all out. So, um, I appreciate it guys. Uh, go like and follow, uh, the underscore purpose podcast on Instagram, uh, share this show if it brought value to you. I appreciate it. Thanks.